everyone. I'm Corey Hain. And I'm Ariel Daves. And you're listening to The The Dirt Dirt Road Show. Hello, everyone. I'm Corey. And I'm Ariel. And this is The Dirt Road Show, where we exist to give rising country artists a platform to share their music and why they do what they do. And today, we have someone on who is just an old friend of ours. We've known each other for like a year and um, I'm old yeah <laughs> Jason Nix Jason thanks for coming on the dirt road show I, well, I appreciate the invitation okay so you released an EP in 2020 a song that you wrote with Lainey Wilson and Jonathan Singleton uh things a man ought to know is it still number one it I hit have no number idea one. it did hit number one at some point I don't know what it is what it's doing I never did know I never looked but mm-hmm. I'm very proud of her yes I'm very proud of, and I'm very proud of the song. I am proud of the song. Yes, it's a, all that is true. It's a great song, and you are, I think, we can say, a great songwriter. So, Thank you. would you just start us off um, for people who don't know you? Will you give us a little bit of your story of how you got into music? Um, you were born in Nashville, grew up in yeah. Mississippi, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I, so I was born here, and we lived here not for very long. Uh, but my dad was a player and played bluegrass and so we lived up here in nashville and um but we moved back to mississippi when i was like five maybe uh the closest town was brookhaven was the name of the town it's like an hour south of jackson and uh yeah i did uh, all my hard learning there that's what i like to (laughs) say yeah i made a lot of really dumb decisions in mississippi and uh made a lot in nashville too so, you know, it's about evened out now. I think I've lived, I've been back in Nashville for about as long as I lived in Mississippi. But, okay. but yeah, I, I, uh, I was there. And then um, music really started with my dad because when he left Nashville, he played with guys in Mississippi too. So when I was a kid, I remember going to watch uh, their rehearsals and stuff. I would just go to rehearsal and sit on a guitar case and just listen. Uh, I didn't pick up a guitar till I was 12, but I love music. They, my parents made me uh, take piano lessons when I was five. I started taking piano lessons and took like piano until like I graduated college. So I, I mean, I used to, it's not like riding a bike. I used to be pretty decent at piano, but not anymore. Yeah, that's um, awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it all started there. Really, I mean, I fell in love with it in uh, in Mississippi. So what brought you back to Nashville? Music in that area music for sure uh i needed to get i mean i wonder if every 17 or 18 year old feels the same about leaving wherever they're from because they feel stuck you know Mm -hmm. so i had a very strong feeling that i was supposed to be doing music and i knew Mm -hmm. that there's no way i could do it in mississippi at the level i wanted to do it at so I, uh, yeah, I, I moved right after high school. Did you move by yourself? Did you go for college or did you just move up to start yes, playing? Yes, both. I, I knew of one guy who grew up down the road from me. And when I say down the road in Mississippi, he like half an hour. But um, I grew up watching him play and he was a few years older than me. And his name is Boone Daldrill and, and Boone played for, wound up playing for the band Perry and um, oh, nice. is with Drake White now, and we actually played a show together the other night, which was that's awesome, really funny, yeah. So it's um, but he's the only person that I knew of, and he was nice enough when I moved to town to like 
he took me to this Thai place where I remember I had to sit on the floor and I was like, what the hell is this situation? <laughs> what is going and, on? Um, yeah. I mean, he was so cultured <laughs> in my eyes at that point. Right. And I was like, man, like, wow. This, this is I've, me. I've reached the right? top. Yeah. I mean, I think at that point I had just gotten back from like China. So I was, I was like, oh, this feels like I'm not in America anymore. And I thought it was cool. And also yeah. you know, I was mm-hmm. that guy that was just trying to be everything. Did and, you say uh, you had just gotten back from China? Sorry. Yes. Yeah. So, Why and it was, okay, this is this is fun. Um, <laughs> and then we were going to talk about this. Here we go. Oh, here we go. Nah, I, I'm like, you can't just say that and then not tell me the story. <laughs> I had like dreams of being a martyr when I was in high school. I, w- I was um, I went with a group of four people and we smuggled Bibles. Stop it. Into China. Are you serious? That is, mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. No, I mean, th- th- I mean, you know what? I think about huh. who that guy was then, mm-hmm. and I miss him a lot. Yeah, I don't know mm-hmm. what it is. Like, I guess it's life. But dude, I was, so, oh my god, I was just, I don't know. There, there was a lot that was different, but I was so just excited, fired up, like on fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was completely. Was this before or after you made a ton of mistakes, or during? <laughs> but it was before. And I mean, so, and I, it it was the mistake I was referring to. I got like married super young and, and then, uh, well, a lot of stuff happened. And so, but all for a very good reason. I mean, you know, all things work together for the good of those who are, you know, called according to its purpose. So it's, Mm -hmm. things are incredible now, even though I thought that it was just a big old pile of shit when I was in the middle Mm -hmm. of it. Sorry, pardon my. France is yeah. just no, the honest truth. I feel, I feel like that would be an accurate feeling. Yeah. If, yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, so it was, it was when I was in China was before that happened, probably by four years. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, no, it's four. Yeah. Almost five years before. Okay. We can jump back to move to Nashville. Mm-hmm. Um, were you playing Broadway? Were you in school? What were you doing? I was in school at Belmont. And now I wonder if I ever should have gone. I just got done paying off the student loan like 10 years later and realized that I'm not really working with anybody I went to school with and uh, it didn't really help. So, um, I, you know, I, I think that people will learn and grow in music if they really want to on their own. I think that college, going to college for that is a ripoff. And, uh, do, do you think that, um, just having that on your resume was helpful no. as you kind of like, no, not okay. at all. If there's anything that I've learned, um, now I will say this, it is helpful for some people. I know a lot of people in the business yeah. who went to Belmont and, um, but they're on the business side of things. I did play Broadway as well. I, okay. I mean, I played any gig I could get to be honest and I played yeah. a lot for free. And I learned more on those gigs than I ever did in school. Mm-hmm. Now, did you go up initially thinking like, I'm going to be an artist? Mm-hmm. Was that kind of your goal? Yeah. Or were you thinking, okay. That was so as far as songwriting goes, because. Never on my radar. Okay. I, I did write songs for fun. And I played with some guys and we traveled around and played at churches and stuff. Not for like money or whatever. And then I would like write songs for that but and so like i wrote because i did enjoy it but i I never thought about being a songwriter i moved to town to be an artist and then i wound up i had to make a living somehow and i just happened to be good enough at guitar to be able to play for 
other artist. And then, you know what? This is where Belmont was good. One day I was playing for a buddy of mine named Matt, and um, he had a show at Hard Rock Cafe, and he's like, hey, will you play guitar for me? Now, I met Matt at Belmont, so there's one Belmont connection. I might have to go back. There you go. (laughs) I met Matt at Belmont. During that show, another guy from Belmont came up to me and was like, hey, um, I just signed a record deal with uh, Mercury, which is under Universal in in town. He said, and I'm going on tour with Sugarland. Will you come play guitar for me? I had just um, gone through a divorce, and I was like, uh, "Yeah, anything to get me out yeah. of town." I would love let's to get out of here. Yeah, and um, mm-hmm. so Kane and I did the Sugarland tour, and I did like two radio tours with him, and met a ton of artists through those gigs, and then wound up playing yeah. some for them, just playing guitar and singing. Who did you play with, Kane and Smith? Smith, for the, okay. yeah, probably for the longest time. And then mm-hmm. so during that stretch, whenever we weren't on the road, I would play. Uh, downtown on Broadway. Yeah. Um, Jason, socially, um, going back to when you first moved to Nashville, did you get involved in the social group? Did you kind of rely on college for that? Or were you able to find a lot more people playing on Broadway and getting connections that way? It's almost like I didn't want friends. So I made myself like stay away. And there's part of, sometimes there's like, I see that creep back up in myself. And so I kind of, I didn't, I didn't meet a lot of people um at belmont that i work with now but i there was it it took some time but i did i think most of the friendships i made were in the real like working world Mm -hmm. and and i feel like everybody's so unique too so you're gonna have the ones who just are like i'm here for connections interactions friendships um all the people and then you got the other side of things people like you who are here to get a job done to do what you love to do and sometimes put your head down and, and go for it, you know? And so I feel like there's a balance. There we are both be. sides. Mm-hmm. I'm not good at so. the balance. And um, I've been here for 16 years, and I feel like had I been better at the part where you go out and make friends and let people know who you are, you know, I think maybe that's really what it boils down to is I was like, I just didn't want, I don't know. But there's, uh, there is, I think a lot of that like held me back in a lot of ways. I have to remind myself of that all the time to like actually like talk to people about like my dreams right. and things like that, because I'm, I'm super good at making like a lot of friends who know like very little about me. me too. I have to remind myself of that all the time. Yeah. And sometimes I, I feel like I get in a pity party and sometimes it's like, mm-hmm. you need to like put yourself out there and be more vulnerable. I don't know. I'm the same way. I'm the same exactly. Yeah. Deep down. I feel like if I tell people like it won't happen. I don't know why. I think that's very like I get it. cognitive dissonance. I get but, it. A hundred percent. I never would talk about my mom. Would she's right out here? I live with my mom. Everybody. Um, uh, she'll tell you the same thing. I never talk about anything. I've never talked about anything that's going on because I don't want to jinx it. That's not what I would call mm-hmm. it. I just like weird. I never would do it. And um, mm-hmm. you know, the first time I actually ever said anything was after. Uh, Laney and Jonathan and I wrote things about I don't know I said this is going to be number one song and I told everybody for months uh-huh. I was like oh, yeah it's it, wow. I don't know how it's doing but it's going to be number one it'll be number wow. one that's but, pretty cool see I don't words think it's have because, power when I say that I mean like you you determine if you're going to have a good day or not you know like those kind of things like I do. with your words you you change your atmosphere around you right well stuff like I, that I is do, like I do believe you that. do put that out there and I feel like 
you know, our words do have power and they do carry. I've been listening to a lot of podcasts and doing a little reading on like, you know, the pathways, the elasticity of the pathways in your brain. And, you know, literally Mm -hmm. say something Mm -hmm. enough over and over to yourself. Yep. Chemically, things change, right? Mm -hmm. And I've always been, I guess around 2009, I got really mad and angry at the world. And, but we had a little boy, right? And um, like three months ago, and I, I told myself, I was like, I'm going to wake up every day and I'm just going to tell myself it's going to be a good day. And it, it changes a lot. Yeah. It really, and like, like the longer I do it, it feels more real, you know? So I think that there's something to that, you know? I, I don't mm-hmm. think that I can, that I spoke a number one into existence. I think that right. Laney's a badass and, and, you yeah, know, it's a great song. We, yeah, yeah, it is a great song. And, mm-hmm. and we, you know, even good writers don't get those every day. So mm-hmm. um, that song was a gift, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I do think that the, the words carry a lot of power. Otherwise I wouldn't love writing them as much as I do. Jason, can we take a little break from talking and will you play a song for us? Uh, yeah. I'm going to play something that's going to be on the, the new project. Yay. This will be fun. in a holler and a pair of dogwoods casting shade on a clapboard shack around these parts that kind of life takes the kind of dollars you gotta break the law to make or turn both of your lungs black the work was scarce the mind shut down so we played the only game in town he learned to make it strong and cheap And sold his soul stove top speed But you can't get to heaven from eastern Kentucky The devil don't shut the high road down You can't get to heaven from eastern Kentucky You can get high but you can't get down Mary was the firstborn of a Floyd County deacon And Hunter thought she hung the moon he howled at a night He did his best work in the dark While Mary did her sleeping And prayed to hell he put her through And leave paradise But you can't get to heaven Kentucky, the devil don't shut the high road down. Can't get to heaven from Eastern Kentucky. You can get high, but you can't get it. Winston's off the table and stole a peek at Mary Jones before he stepped outside. He was halfway through a drag when that second hand saying, Go by the trailer. Went up in a blaze along with everything else. 
outside Now he can't help but crying On the back pew while the preacher Brings hellfire and brimstone on wood burn Pour Mary down He lifts his hands to heaven Like his words are gonna reach her Hunter tries but deep inside He's got his reasons for his doubts Cause he can't get to heaven from eastern Kentucky The devil don't show the high road down He can't get to heaven from eastern Kentucky You can get high but you can't get out You can't get to heaven from eastern Kentucky The devil don't show the high road down But you can't get out Heaven the hunter Was ten acres in a hollow And a pair of dogwoods Casting shade on a clapboard shack Jason, wow. Sorry, you just moved to Kentucky. What? <laughs> No. It's okay. I'm in Western Kentucky. <laughs> yeah, okay. It's not the same. Hey, if anything, I'm the one closest to Eastern Kentucky over here. So. My goodness. Have you played that out much? Uh, yeah, a few times. I was out with uh, Whiskey Myers and um, Muscadine Bloodline for a while. And yeah, the last EP was like, I liked all the songs a lot. I did. Mm-hmm. But I had written songs that I, th- I thought were better than that. This is more, um, you know what it boils down to really is I've got the best publisher in the world. And Jody Williams is who I work with. And he has been a champion for helping me feel really comfortable with the songs that I love. Because we're on the same page when it comes to that. And so this next project is stuff kind of like that. I believe they will be played on the radio. See, we're just going to say that out loud. But... Right now, um, well, right now, well, it's something that you probably wouldn't hear on the radio right now. Let me just react to that song. I was like holding back tears and it's so good that it's just, it's such a vivid story, yeah. obviously. Um, well, and it's beautiful and you have a great voice. I was just, as I was listening to it, I was like, this is, this is fantastic. This is just a really good song. Can you tell us a little bit about, did you write that one by yourself? No, or no. people? It wasn't my idea either. So I haven't told anybody this. We've talked about it a lot. This song was the beginning of uh, the vision for this entire project. And um, my goodness! And it wasn't it wasn't my idea. I wrote this with uh, with Jeremy Spillman and Driver Williams. And so Driver plays for Eric Church, and and Jeremy has written some of my favorite songs in the world for Eric. And um, mm-hmm. but we we all write together at JWS, and those two guys have become like some of my favorite people in the world to write with. But Jeremy came in with the idea. I didn't know what I wanted to write that day, but it wasn't this. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then we we hopped on this train and then started um, writing a story that I could really relate to because it really doesn't matter if it's in eastern Kentucky or south Mississippi. There's yeah, right. a lot of like sad, unfortunate things that happen to people who feel like they don't have any other choice but to do what they have to do to get by and then things happen. So... I was just really thankful to be, to be in the room and be a part of it. I mean, it, it makes like the parts of your brain fire that yeah. that you don't really get to do if you're like trying to write from an exact experience. But I I know these stories, 
And yeah. Jeremy yeah. is from Eastern Kentucky and he knows these stories. And, yeah. uh, you know, I'm really excited for the album now, number one. But I think what hits so hard about that song, just listening to it right then was like, we know that those stories happen and like, it's just so very raw and real. And there's someone there struggling, um, mm-hmm. with their, you know, their entire life and their beliefs and just in, in despair really. And here's a story about it so that we can kind of step into that. Yeah. And it doesn't um, mean that they're bad people, you know? No, yeah. no, no. That's, we can relate to that. Yeah. yeah. And that's that. Yeah. But I'm, my hope is that, you know, it's like, God, it could have been, you know, at least it could have been any of us at some point. And, and right. maybe it wasn't cooking meth, but, you know, anything could have happened, mm-hmm. you know, from something stupid that we did. So I don't yeah. I right. just Thank you. But my hope yeah. is that, like, we can see the humanity in, like, yeah. the situation. Yeah. Uh, oh, my gosh. I feel yeah. like the story really was told very, very well. So great job on the songwriting. Like, I just, when I was listening to it, just felt like one of those, like, really good, Tim McGraw, don't take the girl songs of like, there's a progression, you know, of like, yeah, that's true. It's, it's almost Mm -hmm. like the third time you sing the chorus, it, you understand the chorus, you know, and it it just, that's a win for me. (laughs) Thank you. I do. I love it. Did you guys go into it knowing that you were writing a song for you? No. I mean, at that point I was focusing on that, but I, for me anyway, that's kind of a hang up. Like, I just really want to, I would love to go in every right, pretending like I'm writing it for me. Um, and, right. and but until that song happened, I, that's the way I did go about it. And and then after I realized a theme, if you will, of what I really wanted yeah. to do. So, you know, it makes me think of just one more, and then we can. I want to keep on. I want to ask you another question. Yeah. Um, but it reminds me of "Lightning" by Eric Church. And I remember when I first heard that song. Um, I don't just know. Like, I know this. Hold on. Oh my gosh. Do you know what it is, Ariel? I've, I've heard the song. Yeah. So it's about a guy who goes and robs like a convenience store and, uh, shoots the kid who's like running the convenience store. And the story is about him going on death row and getting in the electric chair. Oh, and so it's okay. like, a, that's what the story is about. And, um, and I remember first listening to it and just crying and just being like, Eric Church, you're my favorite. Obviously. I was looking at the credits because I wanted to see if Jeremy Spillman's name was on it, too. It was it? No, no, it's not. I mean, Eric is an incredible okay. songwriter, too. And um, okay. from what I hear, I haven't written with him yet. But I had to look because Jeremy is also like he wrote a novel. Like, I mean, the guy is like a writer. He's a writer. Like, mm-hmm. he just mm-hmm. he's great at what he does. OK, now. <laughs> You, Jason, recently became a dad about three months ago. (laughs) Can you tell us a little bit about being a dad and Mm -hmm. how you're feeling leading up to it, what it's been like, and tell us some things that you've learned about yourself. Um, (laughs) The things that I'm learning, I'm learning. I don't think I'll stop learning things about myself because I'm looking at a, a picture of baby me right now. So, I mean, little boy and, um, Mm -hmm. God, uh, I I don't even know. I can't, I can't even, I mean, the whole thing is a blur. I'm I'm not sure that I've slept last night through the night for the first time, which is, thank you, God. Um, because (laughs) me and his mom have had a time like all new parents do. I'm sure Mm -hmm. Dude, to be honest with you, I've wanted to be a dad since I was like 15. So that's what like mm-hmm. maybe part of that is growing up in the South and 
I was getting to the point where I wasn't sure it was going to happen. And mm-hmm. um, but and I definitely didn't think it was a boy. I thought it was going to be a girl. Did you uh, guys do like a gender reveal? Did you know the gender no. before? No. Oh, God. <gasps> you had to be a surprise. Oh, yeah. was it stress? Was that stressful? Uh, I, no, it was. Um, it wasn't stressful. I think for me personally, I, I can't speak for Alexa, but it was less stress for me. Okay, question. Does your wife have a similar outlook on that kind of stuff? Like, nah, let's not do a gender reveal. No, she is the best friend to her friends, like to her people. Um, She's yeah. their drop of a hat. We'll do anything. And I will too. But yeah. The thing is, I have, a, mm, I have a lot less friends than she does. What about for like herself though? Was she obviously on board with like, let's not find out what the gender is? Oh, 100%. Or- yeah. From, from yeah. the get-go, yeah. She was huh. she was totally on board with that. I mean, it's not like it was my idea. It was a mutual thing. Like, it just so happened that neither oh, of yeah. us wanted to, to do that. And, um, mm-hmm. oh, it was so cool, though. And he... I love that. So he, like, wiggled his way out or whatever. I couldn't say anything. I'm, like, I'm in tears, right? <laughs> Dying. <laughs> and I might do it now. But the only thing I can say is, like, it's a Jonah. Because that's the name we had picked. And, um... Oh, man, it's the coolest thing in the world. I am crying. (laughs) That is the coolest thing in the world. What's what's the story behind the name Jonah? Is there a story behind it? Um, Besides the man that got swallowed by a giant fish. uh, Him? No, Mm -hmm. we just liked him. Okay. His middle name is like an old family name. Okay. And I still haven't decided if I'm going to call him Jonah and stop crying or if I'm going to call him Ship. We don't know. Oh, we'll see. Good. Like the older he gets, he'll grow into something. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I always think like, what is a good name for me to call out? Like on the basketball court? Yeah, that like, makes total sense. Yeah. So Shep is good. Like, come on, Shep. But you can also say Nicks. Yeah, I know. So. yeah, you could. And but the thing about Nicks, and I dealt with this in sports and high school, is that people think they're saying Nick. So I my oh. name turned into Nick. You know. Got it. Um, and these first three months have been incredible wonderful wonderful mm-hmm. and um challenging so, uh, yeah very challenging it, it's it is everything that every parent will tell you what yeah. being a new parent is i mean they're all right all of them mm-hmm. it's oh, a mm-hmm. freaking world but you don't poster. understand it until you go through it maybe yeah no yeah you're exactly right yeah it, it's all new and exciting and thankful yeah <laughs> but honestly guys yeah. the, the coolest thing in the world Mm-hmm. Yeah. Talk about something else, please. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I have ten nieces and nephews, and they are. I mean, they're my favorite people in the world. Yeah. Thanks for uh, sharing about that. That's we're really excited for you guys. Sure. Anytime yeah. you need somebody to cry on uh, camera, you just call me, and we'll talk about. Sounds the good. My so how's Jonah doing? And she's like, oh. hey, he's okay. We went out of this afternoon. Oh my god, it was the cutest thing. <laughs> Oh dear! I can't help it. It just oh. comes pouring out of me. I love the kid so much. I love it. Yeah. I love that As a lot. Should. As mm-hmm. should. Oh my gosh, Ariel! We have so many more questions for Jason. I think we should make this a two-part interview. Would that be okay with you? I totally agree with you, Corey. Yes. Okay, so we're gonna sign off now. Thanks so much for listening to the Dirt Road Show, and um, our next episode will be Jason Nick's part two. This is Ariel again. And Corey's here too. We want to thank you so much for tuning in with us today. To find out more about rising country artists, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Dirt Road Show.
know what they say, worrying's like a rocking chair. It'll keep you busy, but it won't get you anywhere. 